Round one, go. Hard to believe another month is uh, passing us by. The final day of the month. Uh, super excited because tonight at church, we're going to have trunk or treat and it's my cheat day. So I will be able to eat all the candy I want, brother. Just saying. Now be careful now. Be careful. You know, <laughs> I don't for know all how those much that I, are north of 40. <laughs> I don't know ahead. how much yes, candy Doug. I actually, I haven't been doing sugar this year. You know that, right? I so know. Yeah. It's really weird because I just don't want to eat sugar. I had a couple of pieces. Of, no, I had a piece of pie last week and it just about killed me. I was like, oh my gosh. Sugar I will deadly, say dude. this. This is, by the way, this is Doug and Marty versus the world. And this is Marty McClendon. But to your point, Doug, that it, you're so right. When you don't have sugar for a while and you have it, it doesn't taste the same. No, it it's, just, it's weird. And it affects you weird too. Like, oh my gosh. I need to run around the block right now or something. Oh, you got, okay. You were like hyper more yeah, so than yeah, usual. Nice. And so you're playing the bass and it's like really, really, you know, fast or something yeah, like that. Like normal. Oh, okay. Like there you riffing, go. Like, like shredding, <laughs> shredding the bass. Do, do you guys do anything for the uh, Halloween day thing? brother? We, we actually in a neighborhood now where we get lots of kids come by. So we'll have lights up and my wife likes to put like Christmas stuff up too early. So we'll have that up, but we'll give out candy and we'll, we'll be here at the house, but we did trunk or treat last weekend. Uh, we had it for the gig Harbor community. And so my wife and I dressed up, she was, Penelope Von Sweet and I was Wreck It Ralph. So, you know, overalls and red hair and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I wish helping I could out have been the there, brother. <laughs> last you time I saw in you concert. in a costume was uh, you were the Tin Man. Exactly right. Park. And you did that pretty good. So, um, you know, the nice thing about, uh, you know, the Halloween thing is, you know, I don't feel bad wearing a mask. You know, I did tell you the other day, I, I didn't have a mask and I was walking down the hallway and some nice lady, I think her name might have been Karen. Uh, said, Hey, do you have a mask? And I said, why? No, this is my real face. And uh, she did not think that was funny. I thought I would have laughed yeah, and said, you used to see what's underneath this. Come on. Yeah. You know, whatever. Right. You think I'm uh, good looking now? Holy cow. So, I'm, you know, we've got literally like three days till election day. And um, are you feeling any sort of, uh, you know, anticipation, any, heebie-jeebies and he you know what do you, what's it what is what does it feel like over there in mcclendon's head in right mcclendon's now? head you are always hopeful you're praying but you know this is an a, a there's nothing normal about 2020 we know that um, i think this we are in a unique position not only in the race uh, being a write-in but also with the uh, the democrats splitting the vote um, but i think we are at the precipice of choosing um, the direction for America for generations to come. I mean, meaning, do we want America the way we grew up with America to, to continue to have opportunities for our kids and grandkids? Or is it some other foreign 1984 Orwellian America where America somehow had these uh, terrible roots and we have to blow it all up? And, and I think the majority of people say, you know what, that's crazy talk. Now it's actually crazy people representing it. So no, I think I'm very confident the American people will say, okay, um, we've had our taste of socialism. We don't want it. We want liberty. We want freedom. We want to reestablish some sort of the moral fabric of America. That's at least that's I'm being hopeful. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think so. And, um, you know, as I'm just a student of, you know, persuasion and marketing and all that kind of stuff, you know, what I do, it, it feels like you're right. 
And I, I say that very difficultly because I don't like it when you're right. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but it def- definitely feels like something is, is shifting. And I'm really hoping that, you know, we have that happen, just as you described. I'm pausing. Are you frozen? No, uh, yeah. You keep on going in and out. I'm not sure what's going on here. Okay. Well, you internet, kind of froze, so. but I, I'm going to keep going here. Okay. And so uh, as we're, um, uh, you know, looking forward to election day, I don't know what to think, brother. <laughs> I'm hopeful like you, right? I'm like, oh, you know, but who knows what's going to happen. I think it's going to be, honestly, I think it's going to be another uh, Trump landslide. Uh, I think that, you know, if the rallies are any, any indication, you know, uh, Joe, Joe Biden can get people to, you know, follow him around if he buys him milkshakes. You saw that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and Donald Trump, if he just shows up anywhere near a town, they'll spend the night in the rain to see him. You know, so it's just like, well, yeah, it's a little more energy. And we're seeing people stand in in lines for miles to vote around this nation. But I'm, we're, you know, we're here in Washington, right? You know, they think uh, we're seeing huge turnouts for the cult rallies. We're seeing huge uh, early voters um, turn ins, record number of registrations on on both sides. Um, this this is a referendum election. Um, but when it's the issues are that important. And I know we have a guest today and we'll get to him here in just a few seconds. Um, but you and I talk about it, right? When it talks about um, what, what's at stake, right? Families have been under attack for decades in this state. Fathers have been removed from homes, right? Our very uh, way of life and our values are under a threat, right? When they're talking about, you know, increased taxes, more burdens, this universal health care for all, all these different things are pitching would actually destroy the, the human element, the, the work ethic, the American dream. And so these are things we're advocating for. So the policies are one thing, but it's actually, you know, the desire um, and what we're up against is people want to suppress. They want to take away our, our Second Amendment rights, our First Amendment rights. We've been shutting down churches, the COVID response, all this stuff, putting people to operate in fear versus, no, no, we're not going to operate in fear. We're going to operate with wisdom and respond accordingly with with faith and with um, courage, right? That's the one we talk about courage all the time. I think this is the time for people of courage to step up. Yeah, I was talking to a, a gentleman uh, just a couple of days ago, and uh, he was talking about uh, one of the scariest verses in the Bible for him. I believe it's Revelation 20 or 21, but it's you know talking about the lake of fire, right? And the first one in is the fearful, you know, and the second mm-hmm. one, the unbelieving, stuff like that. And so I, I, I do believe that, that we are required by, you know, by God, our faith to have the courage to stand up for what's right. You know, what, what they used to say, you know, if you don't stand up for something, you'll fall for anything. Right. So that's correct. Yep. And uh, so, so, well, it's, it's close, man. It's, you know, I can, I can feel it. And, and, you know, what's going to happen after the election, who knows what it's going to happen, but you know, I, I know a lot of people are looking forward to new year's. Yes. Looking forward to New Year's, brother. <laughs> I am looking forward to 2021 being a great year, but I'm looking forward to being in D.C. getting some work done. So I think well, 2020 but. was the greatest year of my life, honestly, because well, it didn't allow me to live a complacent life. It caused me to have to get up and start street preaching again and do all the stuff, you know, that, you know, and 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 stand up for our rights and stand up for what's right. And and you know, doggone it, Marty, that's that's a good thing. Well, I, I, it's interesting too, to your point, and we'll get to our guest, um, but you're right. Your company did well. You spent more time with your kids. You were focused on street preaching, uh, sort of returning back to your roots in that regard. 
there's yep. been opportunities in the midst of this for uh, us as well. Being literally working in the same house every day, not commuting two hours each way has been a blessing. And so in the midst of it, we've yeah, been able to find out what's most important. So um, you always count your blessings. So the, uh, the other day, Doug, I went to a MAGA rally, uh, a cruise along the I-5, and I got to speak at the funeral for businesses. When, you know, in Washington State, there's 3,000 businesses that are permanently, clo- permanently closed because of the policies by Jay Inslee, right? But then I, I met up at the, at the end point, and I've uh, got a chance to speak to uh, some of the, you know, 700 cars that came through with people with American flags and Trump flags and cult flags. It was, it was fantastic. But I met a, a, a gentleman there um, that we were talking about. He, I heard him speak as well. He, a very good speaker. And um, we were just, it was right on the heels of the first presidential debate where um, they were all like jumping on Donald Trump about, you know, disavowing, you know, white supremacists and all that kind of yeah. stuff, different groups. And Joe Biden actually said something about Proud Boys. And then uh, Donald Trump mentioned Proud Boys as well. Well, I met uh, one of the leaders of the Washington Proud Boys. And I'm like, this is fantastic because most people, uh, at least listening to our show and nationwide, have no clue what a Proud Boy is and what they stand for. And we know that we're not going to get a straight story from the mainstream media. And so I thought we'd uh, invite Rex on the show and say, Hey, welcome. Let's tell our listeners about what's going on, what you guys stand for, um, what you've been seeing. Because I know you've been in the heart of darkness down there in Portland as well with some of the stuff with Antifa. So, Rex, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. And so, first of all, I guess, I guess, what's a Proud Boy? Proud Boys, uh, I mean, by definition, we're, uh, we're a, they say we're a, uh, a men's fraternity. We're uh, a drinking club with a Patriot problem. That's one of Enrique's favorite <laughs> quotes. Um, he's our chairman. Um, but I mean, we're basically, we're Western chauvinists and we've made a vow to not apologize for the world and the culture that we've created because it's something that uh, not just that we really do believe in, but we believe that everyone uh, who wants a piece of it should be able to have a piece of, of this American pie, so to speak. So we want to be able to share that message. We want to be able to preserve the way of life that we have here in America for future generations of Americans, whether it be our children or people that immigrate here legally and, and uh, to better their own lives and their own situations. So that's really what we believe in. Basically, <laughs> there's a lot to it, but that's kind of the, the core of our everyday. And I, I know you and I talked a little bit, too, uh, about this is growing. This is not just a local like Washington thing. This is a nationwide movement of, of like tens of thousands of people, right? Right, exactly. It started out pretty small, um, just a group of guys in a bar who had this crazy idea that, um, that we kind of started talking about the fact that, uh, and this is something we all have seen, that men's clubs were dying. You know, the, what was the traditional male, the alpha male, um, the provider, the protector male, the role that males played in the Bible um, for, you know, thousands and thousands of years, the, the core principles that this country was built on, um, you know, we saw that was dying out. And not only was it dying out at an at a expedited rate, it was under attack, direct attack by the mainstream media and the core, uh, what we believe to be the core left agenda um, was directly attacking the alpha male and trying to destroy the family values and the family units um, all across this country. 
So now, yeah, a lot of men felt the same way, apparently, because we have gone from a small group of men in a bar talking about this crazy concept to um, now we have chapters and representation in every world, in every country, every Western country in the world, um, tens of thousands of members worldwide. And so to that point, Doug and I have chronologically or dialogue over the, the destruction where in the 50s and 60s, the removal of Bible, the removal of God from the public square in general, that's a father figure. Then you have the attack on the male role model. So you have the movies and TV where it's always the idiot dad or the absent dad, the strong mother. You have the destruction of the family and mostly inner cities as well, where you reward um, having babies and not having a father in a home and where it's actually whole generations of families are kept in a bondage that way. So there's been a concerted effort by forces outside of our control at this point in time uh, to destroy the family unit, destroy the values of a father uh, and God. And to your point, the, the masculine man. So, um, well, we'll be back and talk more with our very special guests after the break. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Hi, this is Doug Bassler, candidate for U.S. Congress in Washington's 9th Congressional District. We're facing some of the biggest challenges of our lifetime and possibly in our nation's history. It's more important now than ever that we all stand up for our Christian values and heritage. Our values have created freedom and liberty previously unseen in the world and now, what used to be fringe elements are becoming mainstream and are threatening our religious freedoms. I'm committed to fight for our First Amendment rights, really for all of our God-given rights, and to represent us faithfully in Washington, D.C., and I can use your help. Would you consider going to my website, dougbassler.com, and making a financial donation of any size? It will be greatly appreciated. I want to thank you in advance for all you do. I'm Doug Bassler, and I approve this message. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Two bells. It's round two. Doug and Marty versus the world. Taking on the world every single Saturday. It's what we do. We kind of like it. Uh, but we are weird. This is Doug Bassler. <laughs> uh, we identify with that. This is Marty McClendon, also not, <laughs> a little not the normal, but I'm unique. I'm made by God, right? Um, uh, something like that, brother. <laughs> amen. Well, you know, uh, I'm not ashamed of doing being Tin Man or doing Wreck-It Ralph or being on a radio with you. So there yeah, we go. Amen. Come on. That'll preach. Come on. Our guest is Rex. He's uh, with the, the Proud Boys. And, you know, I was uh, searching, obviously, you know, this is one of the things that you and I talked about off the air, Marty, uh, is that Google just serves you what they think you need to know. Mm -hmm. They serve you. They do not, they are not impartial. And so I'm really super happy that the Department of Justice is suing them and going to try to break them up with the antitrust laws. You know, they are the standard oil of our day, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> so uh, at any rate, but according to, uh, you know, 
what's being served up to me on Google, the Proud Boys is a far right neo-fascist, uh, blah, 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 Wikipedia, right? So, I mean, Russell, are you guys a far right neo-fascist organization? I mean, seem, that seems pretty harsh. Was that because of the, the SLS, the SLP? So, uh, what do they call it? Sort of SPRC. Southern Law Center. Yeah. SLP. Yeah. Southern Poverty Law Center. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> it's kind of been an uphill battle for us all together. Um, whenever, whenever you decide that you're going to take on not only this uh, crazed left agenda that's uh, driven so many people over the edge since Donald Trump has been elected and even in the days leading up to his election. Um, but then you also decide you're going to take on the media and, uh, and challenge their representation or their, their rights to misrepresent you. Um, you're in for a, a pretty big battle. And we've been fighting that battle kind of since day one uh, when we said, hey, being a man's okay, being manly's okay, being a father's okay, um, coming back into the home, you know, um, being a stay-at-home wife is okay. You know, homeschooling your kids is okay. We started bringing back these concepts of personal responsibility in the household, um, not just to yourself as a man, but to your family and the people that depend on you. We knew we were up for a pretty big task. Um, I honestly don't believe that we had any idea that it was going to... We had no idea four years ago when we started this club that the... Um, that the then current uh, vice president was ever going to mention our name in a presidential debate. That's not something that we ever could have grasped as a concept or that it would be such a strong risk or that we would have such a strong response worldwide to the ideas that we, that we just thought were regular ideas, but apparently have become uh, far from norm and extremely controversial in today's time. So I want to ask you about that too. Just I'm going to go back to the concept here. When we think about Nehemiah, Nehemiah called every man to his rock, to his part of the wall, to defend his family, to build the wall around Jerusalem. We've got biblical teaching, Christian teaching, all about, about men being men in their household to lay down their life for their wives. The idea that this is not new, this is that's been refound. Why is, do you think a, a group of men? that says, you know what, we're going to believe in these principles again because they work for our family, we work for culture, they work for our nation, uh, is, you know, and, and I know we have this big feminism sort of push, and it's all, you know, uh, everywhere you go, but this shouldn't be in contrast. This should be a, a, you know, why is, do you think you've got so much pushback? Well, it's because, like I said, we, um, <laughs> yeah. two reasons. Number one is because uh, we are men of our convictions. Um, we don't hide our faces. We don't hide who we are or what we believe in. We're very out there with it. Um, and we don't try to hide from it. So we're, it's easier for them to attack us. It's easy for you to, to put a name to a face whenever someone's not trying to hide what they believe in. So number one, it's easier for them to attack us than it is for them to be held accountable. Um, so they're more bold. Um, and I also think that, uh, you know, like I said, they, in a lot of ways, uh, over the years, uh, with the way, like, like you were talking about, the kind of systematic breakdown in the family unit has mm -hmm. created the situation where, um, where men weren't being men, they weren't taking care of their responsibilities, and the whole world, or not the whole world, but really America, the Western world, started making excuses for these weak men. Mm -hmm. And instead of them having to be better men, it was very easy for them to fall into, in a lot of ways, this this idea that, well, I can just be good enough. 
I can just be good enough. And if I'm not good enough, then that's okay too. Well, that was never really, that, was, that would never been a concept before. Um, really this last generation of, of young uh, men that we see coming up in the country. Now it was never okay to be good enough and to just exist. We were always trying to strive to be better, make better things, make a better life for our families and those next generations. Um, also we the world kind of fell into this really uh, a lot of perversions. They mm -hmm. started normalizing perversions. They started normalizing things that um, used to be uh, taboo. And now those things are accepted. So whenever you get a mixture of lowered standards and uh, hypersexuality of the, us uh, Americans as a culture, um, you kind of get this really nasty blend of uh, people who are extremely entitled um, and who don't feel like they really have to work for anything because no one's ever put them in a position to where they had to be held accountable for their own lives. So you have more and more men living at home with their parents well into their thirties, um, which used to be unacceptable. Those men mm -hmm. are now not seen as, uh, as contenders for the better women in the country. So the women don't feel like that they have to work as hard to get a good suitor. Um, so it's kind of just been this downward, downward spiral for, I, and I wouldn't say that it's just our generation thing. I think that we were set up into this kind of in a way and uh, that allowed a lot of a lot of this stuff to happen. You're a younger man and you grew up probably in a generation too where you had participation trophies. We didn't have that growing up. The idea that you competed because competition drives excellence. It drives increase, you know, and, and we had these well, things was, where you- uh, Go ahead, Rex. Go ahead, sorry. No, it, it, it's one of those things where growing up, the work ethic was instilled in all of us. It says, this is how we competed. This is how we did for our family. We were expected to work hard for, to provide for our family. We were expected uh, to defend our honor. We were expected, and to your point, many, much of that is not. Uh, and much of the what that's been attacked. Doug and I uh, have joked many times, it's the only thing okay to attack is white Christian males, right? In general in America, right? And so when you, when you bring a, together a group of Christian males or males that, that say, you know what, let's be men. Let's be men because it's good for families. It's good for communities. I, I can see why that's in counter to what's been pushed upon many of our, um, this generation now through our education system, through society, through the media. Right, Doug? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's um, interesting. You know, you have, again, there are some, any organization can have people join it. And we had talked uh, before, Marty, about do you want to be judged by your worst day or your worst element or your worst action you ever did, right? Everybody has things that got out of hand or got out of control or whatever. Do you want to mm -hmm. be judged by that? Or do you want to be, uh, you know, looked at as a total person, right? So mm -hmm. the, the Proud Boys organization, you know, what, what Rex is telling us is there, you know, this, this celebrate manhood, you know, it's something mm -hmm. that, that you and I have been talking about, right? It's, it's okay to be a dude, right? It's okay to, you know, I like to hunt. I like to ride dirt bikes, you know, I'm a guy and, you know, I'd, I'd rather do that than make a doily, you know? So. Well, like, exactly <laughs> right. And part of that too, you're working in your shop. And but the thing is, is you would not let anybody come near your daughter's or your wife, you're gonna defend their honor and their personhood because that's who you are as a man. And that isn't preached or taught as much. 
and nowadays. So here you have a group that are, okay, we're going to stand for these values. How do you keep keep people from defining you though? And that's something that I've been talking about, right? So all of a sudden Republicans are racist, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I've been running these TV commercials over here in Seattle about who the real racists are. You know, you talk about the real history of the Democratic Party and and the Republican Party was the party of Lincoln, the party against that that fought to destroy slavery and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow they got that label. And so it seems to me that Rex's organization has a similar problem, right? They're, they're, they're labeled and, 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 you know, at least look, looking at Google here on my phone, Google's against you, right? The, 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 the media, whether it's social media or, or whatever, that you don't get the chance to defend yourself. So how, how do you respond to that Rex? Um, in a lot of ways uh, you don't, to be honest with you there, it doesn't matter what you say or what you do or, um, it's very hard, first of all, to prove a negative. So if someone was to accuse you of being a racist, how do you prove you're not a racist? You know, without and, and anything that you would say, they have now there's like automatic comebacks. There used to be, you know, if someone accused you of being racist, they're like, well, I'm not a racist. I, I'm married to a black woman. And the people are like, oh, OK, well, that kind of is a contradicting idea now. Well, in the world of entitlement, in the world of like, no one can be wrong ever. Um, they, if someone calls you a racist, and you're like, hey, well, what about all, what about all these, uh, you know, what about in the entire chapter of Proud Boys down in Yakima that are all made up of, of Mexican Americans, you know, or, or you know, Latino Americans, or just, you know, and you try to put these things in their face, then they just make up new terms to fit their agenda. These are multicultural white supremacists now. It's like, okay, so this is a pretty crazy concept. Why would someone want to join a club if we really were a club of white supremacists or racists or whatever the case or bigots? Why would a man who fancies himself an alpha male join a club to make himself subservient to people that hate him? You know what I'm saying? It just doesn't really make any it doesn't make any sense at all. Like he wouldn't, you know, so there's plenty of evidence to show otherwise that we're not these people that we're portrayed as in the mainstream media. Um, you know, we accept any, any, uh, race, color, creed, or religion, you know, like the only requirement is that you were born a male and that you believe the West is the best. And, uh, and that is the Western way of life. You know, it's a culture thing. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with race because the Western way of life has been embraced by people of every race for generations in this country. Um, and that has been our greatest strength. And I I want to, I want to dig down on that a little bit because I think that you know, what you're saying right there, that, that just kind of resonates uh, with me. I don't know if it resonates with you, Marty. <laughs> but it's like, I want to talk more about that. But we got to do commercials because, you know, it's radio. It's radio. It's Doug Bassler. <laughs> and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. When you want to take your business to the next level, nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. Hey everybody, this is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon from Doug and Marty versus the world heard all across the state on the ACN network. Marty, I heard that, uh, 
what is it, 40% of uh, Christians are not even registered to vote? According to Barna, almost 50% of Christians aren't registered to vote. And then out of that, only about half of those actually cast a vote in most elections. You know, I think it's our responsibility as Christian citizens of America that we should vote. What difference does it make if Christians vote? Well, the difference is it's huge. If Christians vote and get engaged and you bring your conversation, salt and light to the conversation, when we don't, there's a void, right? What happens to a void? It's filled. So what we have is what we have now, gender craziness, uh, attack on marriage, attack on our First Amendment rights. All these things happen. The things we complain about is because we're not engaged. So, you know, now in Washington State, you can literally register right up to the day of the election. You can do same day registration. So if you're a Christian and you haven't voted, now's your chance. Get in there and vote. Smart business people know that nothing sells like video. And EasyVideoProduction.com is your best choice for high-quality video production done right. You'll love EasyVideoProduction.com's professionalism, creativity, and skill for your corporate video, product video, TV commercial, and more. When you need video for Facebook, YouTube, websites, or TV, EasyVideoProduction.com is the one to call. EasyVideoProduction.com, your video done right. Three bells and all is well. It's round three. Doug and Marty fighting the world with one arm tied behind Marty's back. And I think it might be my arm because Marty's really close and I don't like it. I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> with that. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. And Doug does not like his personal space invaded. So I we know that not. much. So. <laughs> We're talking with Rex from the Proud Boys. And I wonder if there's other males out there that don't like to hug. I, I'm assuming there is. Not a hugger. Um, There's no. a bro hug. It's different than a, you know than a weird. You know, one, today but, you is know. a sad day for me, Marty. You know why? What's right? that? Because why your season this? ended yesterday. <laughs> so. And since I, we pre-record, we don't know if you were successful or not. So uh, uh, I still have to find out next Saturday if I got a buck <laughs> or not. Right. Exactly. I, I I actually am hunting in an area now where any buck counts. So as long as I can see something on top of its head. I'm shooting it. Make sure it's not moss and make sure it's actually got a little, a little nub in there or something at least. Exactly. Well, you know me, I, I only like the big bucks, you know, more than 20 pounds. Isn't that a rap song? You like big bucks and you can't outlie. I'm something like that, right? <clears throat> Stop, dude. Stop. It's bad. <laughs> bad. So, bad jokes. You know, we, we oh, were yeah. talking, we were talking with Rex before we got on the break and he was talking about you know, loving the West, the culture of the West. And, you know, I think that's a lost thing. You know, we forget how great of a, of a nation we are and where we came from. You know, they talk about slavery and things like that. But, you know, before the United States, almost everybody was a slave, right? You had landlords and you had fiefdoms and kings and all this kind of stuff. And everybody was you know, had to get permission to go in the King's forest and do, you know, all this kind of stuff. You couldn't just have that freedom to like start a business or to go after your dreams and things like that. And that, you know, in, and I love that. That's the thing about America. You don't have to, you know, I mean, maybe a specialty like, you know, being a doctor or something. Right. But I mean, for like just a plain old business, if I want to just hang out a shingle and start selling stuff in -hmm. America, you can do that. And it's one of the reasons America has become so wealthy and, and, and so, uh, you know, free is because people have had that, you know, culturally we've had that right to, right. to, to do that and to have that free market thing. So is well, that, is two that things, you, 
two things to your point, Doug, to add on to it. One of the things that America and the culture and capitalism and system here has lifted more of the world out of poverty than any time in history, right? The exceptionalism of America and the ideals. Um, this, it's just amazing that we have the opportunity. And the second thing is 2016, the numbers were 80% of all new millionaires were first generation immigrants still coming here from other nations, uh, working hard and making something of themselves. You know, it's just amazing that we still have the opportunity here. Yep. Uh, I accidentally, I accidentally muted you, uh, Rex. Sorry oh, about that. Sorry um, about that. So, but is that kind of what you're talking about? I mean, this, this, you know, I mean, when we talk about love in the Western culture, I mean, that, how deep do you engulf in that? Um, we're, well, we're, in, we're, we're immersed in it. Like it is, uh, it is what we, we built our tenants in the proud boys. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, like, uh, the, the rule of law, the law that we've accepted here in the United States, um, as law that everyone has to maintain and has to follow in order to live in a civil society. Um, that's greatly based on Christian values. Um, you know, the 10 commandments are the basis for our, um, our most, our most horrific, uh, or not horrific, but our, our uh, capital crimes, sorry. God, I cannot think of the word. Um, <laughs> no, so the basis of the capital crimes in America are based around the Ten Commandments. Um, our entire culture in the West is greatly built on Christianity and those, um, and those ideals. And we, although not all Proud Boys are Christians, um, mm -hmm. we do believe that there's a, a great fundamental uh, moral obligation to each other and to the people of this country and like i said future generations of people that would come here or are born here um to support that you were talking about i'm sorry i just wanted to jump back i was muted so i was like trying to get a word in when you were talking about the slavery thing um part of what we at every single meet we read a passage from pat buchanan's death of the west and if you haven't read it i would highly recommend it it's something that uh that really resonates with us as proud boys and uh, it really talks a lot about um, the role that we played in history uh, in slavery and building up. Anyway, so um, in the article, if you don't mind, do you guys mind if I read this no, real go quick? Ahead. No, go ahead. It's a quick plug, but um, the truth in the story of slavery is, and in the slave trade is Western man was among many of the villains, but Western man was also the only hero for the West did not invent slavery, but it alone abolished slavery. Had it not been for the West, African rulers would still be trafficking in the flesh of their skin folks, or I'm sorry, their kinsmen. Slaves, after all, were the leading cash crop of the friends of Mesa, uh, Mensa Musa and uh, in the Sudans today. Slavery is returned uh, to the deafening silence of intellectuals who have built careers on the moral shakedown of America and the West. America was a segregated society, but in no other nation, no other nation in the world do people enjoy greater freedom, opportunity, and pr prosperity than here in the United States? So that is, that's one of the passages that we read at every single meetup to remind us like, yes, you know, we have, you know, we internalize the guilt of the things obviously that our forefathers have done. And uh, in the interest of progression, true progressive, progression, not progressive, <laughs> in, the, in the interest of true progression, um, we have to accept that, that that's what happened. And we have to move forward and make life better for every single person. What we see right now, and I'm sorry to go on this long tangent, um, what we see, what we're seeing right now more and more is a regression 
back to the way things were before. We see a lot of uh, places now in colleges, things that were fought so hard, concepts that were fought against so hard back in the original civil rights movement of, of integration, not segregation. Now, a lot of the colleges have what they call safe spaces for minorities, right? Which are areas where only minorities can go. They have areas that are, uh, that are where whites aren't allowed. And in a lot of ways, that is obviously moving us backwards. It's not creating a safe situation for them. It's creating a situation in America where we're now resegregating. We are now, they're now pushing the wedges back between um, great cultures of people that have learned to live together, had learned to live together, and to put away the things of the past and to only reach for the future. And all, and as a congregation, when you really think about um, what, you know, what happened in 9-11, the country came together after we were attacked. And everyone said that they wouldn't forget. Everyone said, never forget 9-11, never forget 9-11. And the unity that we had as a country, nobody was talking about race after 9-11. Nobody cared what race you were, what sex you were, or what pronouns you preferred. We were all Americans. And the only thing that mattered to us was protecting and preserving America at that time. And we had never been closer as a country, in my opinion. And now it seems like not even two decades later that we have forgotten, that people have forgotten the sacrifices that were made uh, that day to bring the country together. And not only have they forgotten, but they're actively trying to just to put those those sow those seeds of division again in our society. And so Doug and I, obviously we've seen it. We've talked about it on the show all the time about, you know, the problem, the root of it is we always like to have solutions as well. And I know that, you know, one of my big things is I want to get Christians, the church of Christ, I mean, the body of Christ re-engaged in the government mountain to, to saying if we're not engaged, we can't have influence or bring in righteousness, you know, salt and light and so forth. And so, but there's a way to do that. And for me, it's about being on the radio. It's about uh, yeah, having education, uh, going into places and, and teaching them on what they can do and what the rights are. So I'm assuming that's also, when you, when you see the problem with Proud Boys, I'm sure you have a, a way to, hey, here's how we're going to uh, change this. Not only come together and have a beer, but it's, it's come together and say, what are we going to do to take back America in a sense, to bring back some sanity, some manhood and so forth. Um, so what's that about? Absolutely, because if if we were only a drinking club and uh, we didn't have great ideas, we wouldn't be a threat to anyone and we wouldn't even be on anyone's radar. And we certainly wouldn't be brought up in the presidential debates of the United States. You know, um, and it wouldn't we wouldn't be such a threat to, uh, you know, the these insane leftist ideologies um, if what we were saying and doing wasn't on target, you know, to the point where. Joe Biden has to almost kind of pull it out of Donald Trump to disavow the Proud Boys. You know, you have to start thinking to yourself, anyone who's a free thinking man should start thinking to themselves, um, hey, you know, what's this about? Why would this guy be pushing so hard to, to get, you know, uh, this president, the current president, to disavow a group of guys who obviously support him and support the idea of making America great again? And keeping America great, um, why would he be pushing so hard to silence these guys and to to get them shut out? And I think it's because of that. I think we do pose a a, a great threat to.
the ideas of immorality that are happening in this country. And that's why they attack us so hard. That's how they come after us. So, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I just I can't help but, um, you know, just want to stand up and say, you know, good on you. What is the why do you feel it's important to sort of counter protest at, at some of like in Portland and stuff like that? Why is that? Why is that part of your credo? Because I, I, I really respect that, honestly. Um, well, to be honest with you, it really didn't. It didn't have a lot to do with counter protesting when we first started. When the Proud Boys st first started sto showing up to protest, and even to this day, a lot of Proud Boys still feel like um, we had this mantra, we don't protest liberals. And that was something that was very important to us so that our message wasn't kind of lost in the protest, which in a lot of ways it has been. Um, but we really started showing up to the rallies to protect people and protect their freedom of speech. Okay, well, good. Um, we got to get to a commercial, but I want to come back to that because I, I respect that. I like that. This is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Hey everybody, this is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon from Doug and Marty vs. the World. Heard all across the state on the ACN Network. Marty, I heard that, uh, what is it, 40% of uh, Christians are not even registered to vote? According to Barna, almost 50% of Christians aren't registered to vote. And then out of that, only about half of those actually cast a vote in most elections. You know, I think it's our responsibility as Christian citizens of America that we should vote. What difference does it make? If Christians vote. Well, the difference is it's huge. If Christians vote and get engaged and you bring your conversation, salt and light to the conversation. When we don't, there's a void, right? What happens to the void? It's filled. So what we have is what we have now, gender craziness, uh, attack on marriage, attack on our First Amendment rights. All these things happen. The things we complain about is because we're not engaged. So, you know, now in Washington State, you can literally register right up to the day of the election. You can do same day registration. So if you're a Christian and you haven't voted, now's your chance. Get in there and vote. When you want to take your business to the next level, nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. Ah, there it is, the set of sound and radio, the fourth and final round of Doug and Marty versus the world. No, don't let them stop. I love this show. You know, that's my fantasy. <laughs> that people are aren't looking forward to the end of the show. <laughs> we need one listener, just one listener, just, to email in and say we. I I, I agree with Doug hundred percent. Don't stop the show. <laughs> no one agrees with Doug hundred percent except Doug. <laughs> I'm the only one that agrees with me. This is Doug Bassler, by the way, and Marty McClendon. Welcome back to the final segment, as Doug said, on the last day of October of all things. The last segment of the last day of the month, but we still got three months to go, right? No, two, November, December. 
Two, it's almost yes. Christmas time, brother. Uh, you know, start your Christmas shopping early. Got me a new Ram pickup. Anything with with Ram or Hemi on it is good. Just saying. Right. We got it fully loaded though. So there we go. So yeah. And we're and we're visiting with our our special guest Rex here from the Proud Boys. Um, and we ended the last segment, brother. You started with a big question at the end of the break about you know um, these counter protests. Why go? Was, why go to these rallies? Right. And he started to, say, to tell us about the fact that they went originally just to protect people's First Amendment rights. So, Rex, welcome back to the show and take it from there. Uh, yeah, we uh, thanks for having me again, guys. Uh, yeah, we, we showed up. We started showing up to rallies and it was a very small time at first. Um, and we kind of saw this need. And this is kind of where the concept of the rally boy, proud boy. They always say there's two types of proud boys. There's party boys and there's rally boys. And although we don't segregate ourselves into those categories, a lot of people really believe that's how it is. Um, so in the beginning, uh, we were kind of sitting around our houses, drinking beers as proud boys ought to do. And uh, we kind of just noticed we were on watching TV. We're watching the media rallies go uh, riot, riots go down in Seattle and Portland and Spokane. And we saw these cities being destroyed and we saw people being attacked in the streets and we're kind of like, oh, man, dude, <laughs> we're looking around at each other. It was almost a revelation moment. I remember um, looking over at my buddy and I was like, man, I, why doesn't anyone do anything? Like, why aren't the people doing anything? There's got to be enough people in this city to say, hey, we don't like this and, um, and be able to do something about it. Obviously, uh, law enforcement are kind of out of their league here. There's not enough cops to go around whenever there's mass riots like this. And I was like, why doesn't someone do something? And then I also, and then I kind of just, I was like looking at my buddy, he was looking at me and he's like, why don't you do something? You know, I was like, you know, I'm six foot, 270 pounds, you know, I'm a stocky guy, you know? And uh, he's like, why don't you go and do something? You know, and obviously that wasn't, a, you know, an urge to go and attack anyone. When we first started showing up the protests, we were trying to be peacekeepers. There's plenty of evidence from that. If you look back at the, at the Mayday uh, riots from 2016, 2017, you'll see our faces there. You know, me, um, Rufio, Pan Man, uh, Tiny Tulsi. You'll see us all standing there, bright yellow shirts. We weren't even, we didn't even know that we were Proud Boys then, but we were all there together. Um, Joey Gibson, we were all there together, arm in arm, creating a barrier between uh, the rioters and uh, the police officers and the uh, and the peaceful protesters, right? We were all staying there just to create a barrier. Um, and they weren't attacking us back then. You know, it wasn't a big deal. Uh, we were all just there we're like, hey, look, you guys have the right not to, you know, agree to disagree. Don't be fighting each other and don't be attacking people. And uh, at the time it was sort of imposing. I mean, you have all these really huge guys that are there um, kind of uh, playing that defensive role. But then over time, um, they started attacking us. And so then we came to a decision point. It's like, you know, do we defend ourselves or do we become victims, you know, and, and kind of, in my opinion, add to the problem. The problem originally was people were being attacked and not defending themselves and the police officers weren't able to protect them. So we, we you know, we started defending ourselves, which, you know, is our constitutional right. And uh, not just our constitutional right, but our, our, our like as Western men, our moral obliga obligation to ourselves, you know, like we, like I was talking about the responsibility earlier of yourself and your family, you have to, at some point, 
you know, and I know, I know the Bible preaches turn the other cheek, but you only have two cheeks. And at the point in time where you're just getting the crap beat out of you all the time, you know, at some point you have to say enough is enough. Yeah. You know, the Bible does not teach about the turn the cheek thing is, is when you're offended, when someone harms you, it doesn't mean oh, you're yeah. in a fight. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, oh, there's all plenty of things where the, the, they were instructed to go destroy the enemy and leave nothing behind. So the there is a time. <laughs> yep. Jesus said, you got, you got any swords? They went, yeah, we got a couple. And he goes, ah, that ought to do it. You know? So, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, we're not, we're not idiots, you know, um, about that. But I, I, I love the idea that, you know, the nobility of that, um, it, it is getting, you know, we just spent like a decade, you're, you're a younger guy, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, but, you know, we spent a decade on this whole anti-bullying thing. And isn't this whole Antifa BLM thing, isn't it like the biggest bullying thing you've ever seen in your life? I mean, it's, oh, it's bullying. Whenever I see, uh, you know, whenever I, I see videos, it, and that's kind of what started our blood boiling. You know, we saw videos of, of elderly um, people being, you know, attacked and harassed in the streets. We saw videos of women and young children um, being bear maced, you know, in Seattle and Spokane and Portland. And we saw uh, businesses being destroyed. These are businesses that people have poured their entire livelihoods into um, the real entrepreneurs, which is why we made it one of our tenants. And the Proud Boys is glorify the entrepreneur. These, you know, young businesses and things like that, small coffee shops just being destroyed overnight, someone's entire livelihood. And uh, and so, yeah, we were just like, hey, we are not going to, we just, you know, kind of, we're not going to take it. Yeah. And, uh, and so we started <laughs> pushing back. Yeah, we started pushing back and we said, hey, uh, we're not going to allow you to do this to people anymore. And then after a while, um, you know, obviously we have a lot of, we have a lot of support. We work directly with law enforcement. Pretty much every time we do one of these huge rallies, we have a law enforcement liaison that we're talking to. Uh, you know, we, our biggest rally down in Portland the day before, uh, we did a press briefing. Uh, that was on September 26th. We did a press briefing outside of the East Precinct in Vancouver, right outside the police department. Um, you know, that was right before we went and met with our FBI liaison to talk to them about, the, the logistics and the realities of what we were going to be doing down in, in Portland and what we could do to make sure that everyone was safe. Because at this point, uh, like I said, it's kind of evolved. It went from showing up to defend people to defending ourselves to now we're putting on, now we are putting on our own free speech rallies and free speech event rallies because we want people to be able to get their voices out there and to be heard. Um, these Christian conservatives to be at, um, to not be suppressed anymore. You know, if you don't like what we have to say, then don't listen to us. You know, at this point, the guys who call themselves anti-fascist are acting pretty fascist. And, uh, you know, for us, it was like, we're, I'm even willing to hear their message. I encourage them all the time. You know, we have, uh, we have a podcast, the right of left podcast, me and TJ Detweiler. We go into some of these things a little bit more in depth. Um, but we encourage them all the time call us up, come on our podcast. We put the link out there. We put our email out there. Um, we encourage people to come and engage with us and they just never will. But then there they are at the rally, at the riot, throwing stuff at you, throwing Molotov cocktails at the law enforcement, throwing bricks and bottles and destroying these cities. Um, but they won't ever sit down and talk to you about their ideals because in the end, uh, 
you know, obviously they're flawed and they yeah, don't well, want it's, to, again, it's to bullying, admit that. Right. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, you know, we're right. Well, what, tell us what you want. Well, we want no police. Well, okay. That's stupid. Uh, right. Is there something yeah. else we can do. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want police, I mean, who doesn't want police? I, I kind of like checked it out. I thought it was criminals. They're the ones yeah, that yeah. Don't want police. Yeah, it's people who don't want to be held accountable. accountable. Like I was exactly. talking about accountability. Um, it's people who don't want to be held accountable for their actions. And I'm not saying proud boys are perfect by any means. You know, there's been proud boys who have, uh, you know, in, in this great quest for Western realization, uh, there's been proud boys who have been arrested and, and been in trouble with law enforcement. And, uh, and we always encourage them, Hey, you know what? You understood the risks you were taking. Everyone understands the risk, the inherent risk that they're taking when they come out here and uh, that something may go wrong. And if you end up in the confines of law enforcement, we've always encouraged the guys, never fight, never fight the police. Your battle's not with them. If right. you feel like you're being wrongly charged, you take it to the court of law, you know, go be judged by your peers. And, and that's, and these, and what, you know, like our guys in New York who were railroaded uh, last, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, the New York Nine, they were railroaded by a court, by the jury, and uh, they lost in the court of public opinion, even though they didn't do anything wrong. Right. And uh, they got four years in prison and made out to be racist for Max and right. John. And so, uh, so I interrupt you just for yeah. a second here. Doug, we've talked about this too. There is a spiritual war for the soul of America and for our families. There is a cultural yeah. war going on between ideals. There's a political war been going on for a long time. The choices we uh, choose to engage, there's people that pray on a regular basis for this nation. There are people like you and I that run for office because we know that there, that has to be changed as well. We have to bring that salt and light. There are people like Rex and groups like the Proud Boys that say we have to engage at the physical and personal level as well. Uh, you know, I think all of these are appropriate responses to the fact that we all know this is a battle. This is a war or the very nature, the very soul of families and, and culture and this nation going forward. I think they all have to work together, don't you think, Doug? Yeah, well, I mean, I like the fact that, you know, you want to work together with law enforcement, that, you know, the rule of law and these kind of things. I mean, to me, it sounds immensely reasonable. And and having been, you know, a, a part of the Republican Party now for this, you know, last few years and everything, I get, you know, the labeling, the stereotyping. I mean, it's the very thing they accuse others of is what they do. It's like this total projection thing. Now, this uh, this young man that was uh, shot in Portland, was he a Proud Boy, Patriot Prayer guy or? No, he wasn't. Um, he was just at one of the Jay, events or whatever. He was a, he was a Patriot Prayer guy. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, and he was uh, just, you know, a Christian Patriot, great guy. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously, uh, in my opinion, a, a political, not just a political assassination because they, he, they in the video, he says, hey, we have a Trumper over here. And uh, Michael, the shooter, turns around and says, where? And then the other guy says, over here. And he pulls out his gun and shoots Jay in the chest, puts two rounds in him and drops him dead right there in the spot. And, uh, and yeah, so I believe that was a political assassination. They have clear video of the guy lying in wait for him as he's walking down the street. Um, so yeah, it was very planned, very premeditated. Um, the shooting that just happened uh, in Denver, I believe was premeditated. There's a lot of evidence to show that um, another, again, another conservative gunned down in cold blood in broad daylight in front of police officers, um, kind of no remorse, um, you know, 
uh, Shane Moon getting run down after the memorial service. We went out to a bar right in front of me. One of my good buddies gets run down by a truck. Um, you know, this has not only been encouraged by the Democratic Party on so many levels, outright call for violence against conservatives by the Democratic uh, Maxine Waters, like just Democratic leadership. And uh, so, yeah, you know, they're, they're targeted attacks. Well, you know, it takes courage to stand and, you know, we just want to hats off to you guys. Thank you for coming on the show today and, you know, explaining your perspective. Uh, amazing, fascinating. Want to want to stay in touch, right? And and learn more. Thank you for standing up for America. Well, I think that's it, Marty. What do you think? I think that's it. Uh, go out there and uh, be safe tonight with your kids. If you're doing anything, if you're doing anything open where you're at <laughs> um, on Halloween. But, uh, See you yeah. next time. Yeah.